The midpoint of the season is a pretty good time to take stock in performance routines. It's no different here at Sharp Football Analysis, where we're thrilled to tell you that we are 38 and 23, 62% year to date on all betting recommendations. We are 23 and 10, 70% on all totals, and 15 and 5, 75% on all computer totals. Combine that success with our unparalleled work in fantasy, analysis, and props, you've got the perfect package. We've adjusted pricing site wide on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Don't miss out on the second half of the season. Use discount code SHARP25 for 20 25% off weekly and monthly packages today. That's sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar and TA, team over here at Sharp Football Analysis. Guys, week nine. We're like headed halfway through. We, I never know when halfway through actually is, whether it's you know midway through week eight, midway through week nine. Whatever. We're, we're close, the, uh, basically halfway. So how are you guys doing today? Yeah, we'll be technically past halfway. Whether you say we're halfway starting in or not this week, we'll be past halfway at the end of the week. So we'll be in double-digit weeks, you know, starting next week. And uh, the buys are, are running out, so I'm getting a little scared. Yeah, I'm nervous just because we're starting to see more and more and more COVID cases and, um, you know, even guys that aren't aren't testing positive, but being around uh, guys who, you know, who are exposed and it's just, you look at these injury lists and the COVID list now, it's like, who is even playing anymore? I mean, this game tonight with the Niners <laughs> and Green Bay is just like, I, I'm not even sure I want to watch because it's like, who's even playing anymore? And so, I mean, can you even field a uh, DFS uh, showdown uh, lineup, I think, for, for the Niners? I'm not sure. You so uh, You can't maximize your salary tonight. I know that. Like, if you're some yeah. of these people that's like, I have to, which you shouldn't be anyways. You should never be scared to leave right. salary on the table. But uh, I don't even think you could if you wanted to tonight. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, between that, it's it's getting a little, little scary. Matt Stafford is, you know, may or may not play. He's not going to know until, I think, Sunday morning. So, you know, this is getting really, really difficult to evaluate some of these games, but um, you know, that's, that's what we're dealing with in 2020. So um, at least we have football. So I'm happy about that, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good season so far and um, you know, really looking forward to uh, some of these games this weekend. And I know uh, Dan, we were just talking before the, uh, the podcast about how, you know, we're, since we're essentially halfway through, uh, we should maybe evaluate uh, our picks, little picks contest, um, or draft that we had before the season. I don't even know uh, what our records are, um, but you know maybe we can walk through uh, some of the better, better or worse picks that each of us made, and kind of how we are looking forward to the rest of the season, or just what we thought. Yeah, some of these teams, like what we thought in August versus now, yeah. <laughs> definitely kind of reevaluate some of those teams. Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't really have to. Um... <laughs> And that is, that's basically just on, uh, I, I am not uh, very high on, uh, on, these, on this win total. So uh, we can dive into it. Um, so to refresh all of you guys who are listening, uh, before the season, we just did a, a wins draft. We did 10 rounds, so we left uh, two teams off. And we each just uh, went through, picked teams, and the, just whoever uh, ended the season with the most wins was was going to win um so how we ended up here is so through week eight um ta right now in the lead with 42 wins rich right behind him with 40 um and uh we don't have to talk about my team um, <laughs> which is uh right behind at 32 um 
So, well, look, I'm looking at your, your roster of teams. You have, I mean, there some of these teams have really tough schedules. I mean, the Texans and the Falcons, for example, had the two most difficult schedules in the NFL, I believe um, so far. So, you know, and then Cowboys with, with the uh, injury, um, the bad injury luck with, uh, with Dak and everything. So, like, don't, don't, don't be hard on yourself. There's still another half of this season. So we just completely flip um, very easily here. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't you know. think so. Cause the teams I drafted are <laughs> bad. <laughs> I, I don't see there's a lot of, so I, I took some, I took some swings on, on some, some takes I had at the beginning of the season. I thought the Cowboys you know, would be good and shame on me for thinking a Mike McCarthy team would be all right. But also, you know, it, you don't see a, a Dak Prescott uh, fractured ankle coming. Um, uh, the Patriots also were the same thing. They were my third round pick kind of thought they would be fine. And that uh, has not turned out to be the case. So if we just run through it round by round, I think we all made good first round picks. You know, I, I started off with the chiefs, Rich had the Ravens, uh, TA had the Buccaneers. Uh, I think the Buccaneers were a surprise at the time. I, th- I think we kind of talked about that going into the first round, but right now they look like, you know, the best team, if not, you know, the second best team in, uh, in the NFC right now. And they're sitting there with six wins. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I I'll just say for the Bucks, I yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people on Twitter gave me a hard time when you posted <laughs> posted these uh, these results, and I I was just I I know that a lot of people wanted to be contrarian and kind of fade the Tampa love, and I just I, I knew their defense was better than what people were um, you know were expecting. Um, I didn't think they'd be this good, um, you know, top you know two or three in the NFL, but I thought they were definitely top ten. I mean, they had a lot of young talent. I love Antoine Winfield in the draft. So I thought that was a really good pick, but their secondary has actually, you know, totally outperformed what I, what I expected overall. Um, and I just thought, you know, look, Tom Brady, if you look at his numbers in the beginning of last season, you know, when it's warm, uh, good climate, he played really well. I mean, they were, they were cruising through the NFL, even, even though they had a, an easy schedule. I mean, he put up 33 points against the Steelers in the opener last year. And I just figured, look, he, he's a smart guy. He went to Tampa, warm weather, better climate. He's going to play in a bunch of dome games in, in, in the AFC South or in the NFC South. And I just thought that with those weapons that um, he's going to be able to succeed. And so, look, he, he's probably played a little bit better than I thought, but he's, he, you know, I think he's played well. And so I'll take, uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, they, they have won a couple of these games fairly close. I mean, the Giants game was a, was a, was a nail biter. Um, and so we'll see what happens going forward, but, you know, I took them and I took the Colts back to back another team that people gave me a lot of crap for. And that was purely a schedule call. Um, one of the easiest, maybe the easiest schedule, um, expected in the NFL. And so, you know, I thought they could win 10 games as kind of their, their baseline. Um, I didn't think they had a, even if they had a disaster, at quarterback, they still have a, a capable backup in Brissette. So I thought they had some floor, um, some good uh, high floor, um, numbers here. So, uh, I feel pretty good about those picks. And, you know, the fact that I took, uh, took them ahead of the saints early on, I was a little quite, you know, questioning myself, but, um, you know, rich took the saints right after my Colts pick. I think they're going to, uh, they're on, you know, they have a chance to be on a little bit of a run here, maybe after this week against Tampa, but their schedule gets a little bit, a little bit easier. They've had a really tough schedule early on. Um, and so it loosens up a bit. So they may end up surpassing Tampa here in the NFC. I was going to ask if you, you guys too, but you both, you guys, are the Bucks your guys' favorite for the NFC? If you had to pick right now, would they be your favorite to represent? I think yeah. so. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for that. I think so. Um, you know, I would take them on a neutral ahead of Seattle just because defense. And to me, the, you know, all the offenses between themselves and the Saints, you know, they could all put up points. 
But to me, the difference is, is Tampa's defense is head and shoulders above Seattle, especially. Um, but, uh, but, you know, they're better than, than the saints as well. Uh, so I think as long, again, as long as you can, as long as Brady doesn't have to play like in green Bay, for example, that, you know, that could be a tough spot. Uh, even though I don't think Green Bay is very, you know, all that great, especially defensively stopping the run. Um, you know, the environment matters here a little bit. So we also we have think, to see Green Bay punch up. We still haven't seen it in yes, two years. Exactly. Especially against, yeah, yet. exactly. And, and, and they already saw this matchup once. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, w- I would favor Tampa here. Yeah, I think I would, I would say right now. And I think that's kind of depending what Seattle's defense looks like at the end of the season. Cause I think Seattle only has to be average on defense for them to be, you know, a really dangerous team right now. They're, they're not an average defense, uh, but you know, this week we'll, we'll talk about it as we get into the games, they're going to be getting back Jamal Adams. Uh, and that makes it a huge change. Um, it, it wasn't so much quality wise uh, in the beginning of the season, but just the way Jamal Adams was able to just, you know, improve every level of that defense because he's able to line up at, at every level. Um, and they're going to have uh, uh, Carlos Dunlap this week um, for the first time. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So S- Seattle with, with their offense, uh, you know, that defense only has to be okay in order for them to, to be a real dangerous team. But right now, you know, they, they just haven't been, but, but the Buccaneers, I think they're, they're the most well-rounded team right now. And it's the one where, you know, even when the, uh, uh, if if one side of the ball isn't working, they have other ways to beat you. And I think they're probably the one team right now in the NFC that, that can say that. Um, you, you look at, you know, New Orleans, and, and they, they still have to score, even though we've kind of been down on their offense a little bit, and it hasn't been as high-powered as it has been. You know, that defense just hasn't been able to to do anything. Um, so, so you look at that, I think Tampa Bay is the one team, you know, they're, they're first in DVOA right now by, you know, a, a significant margin over the rest of the league right now. They're, they're first in the league. Um, so I think, you know, you look at what they can do on defense with, with the blitzing, uh, with the the corners who can, you know, allow them to, you know, play man and, and blitz. Um, we look at like what the Giants did. Everybody was saying how, you know, great the Giants played. But in that first half, you know, they only scored 14 points and the one drive was set up uh, in a super short field uh, after uh, after a fumble. So that, that defense still played really well um, in that game. Uh, so, uh, and they should have had, you know, the five or six like interceptions and they only ended up with two. Um, so that's, that's something that, that, that defense is something that's there that, that offense is continually clicking. And I think that's something, you know, we talked about a lot on this show, how we you know kind of figured the, the Tom Brady offense would start to, get a little better through the season as the timing got better. You see Rob Gronkowski's involved a little more the past like three weeks. He's run, um, he's had like nine targets on uh, on deep crossers. So they're getting that Y cross back into the offense. Yeah, I think he has five receptions on that route alone uh, over the past three games. Um, so they're getting that those pieces uh, back involved. So I, yeah, I think right now they would be the favorite, but I think Seattle can definitely get there uh, if that defense starts to improve. And I'll say one thing, just looking at future schedules, because I, I do have a piece coming up here today um, on the site, um, you know, for my betting preview, I'm going to go through, you know, uh, all these teams, um, you'll have a chart with, you can see what their um, schedule has looked like from a opponent win percentage, but just DVOA schedule as well. And then going forward, what the rest of the season looks like. And so Seattle um, has played, you know, a bottom 12 schedule, but they also going forward have uh, one of the five easiest schedules, um, whether you look 
win percentage or DVOA going forward. Um, Tampa's DVOA uh, schedule is uh, 10th toughest going forward. So, you know, um, they may end up eking out um, that home field advantage. Not sure how much it matters. Although again, with the, with the conditions in Seattle in January, uh, that could end up being an issue. If it's cold, if it's rainy, you know, that definitely is an advantage for Seattle over a, um, you know, a Tom Brady led offense. But I want to see this Tampa offense with all their weapons. I mean, how many games have, Evans and Godwin played together too. I mean, I yeah. I want to think that. that for Seattle though. Now the way their offense is constructed, that they would even want to play in that environment, like the way that the they're the style of football they're playing. We used to say that back in the day about Seattle, but they they want to throw the rock. They want to throw no, that's it true. Like, that's <laughs> true. And I'm just talking more like I just think that Tom Brady uh, in general throwing the ball, whipping it through the wind, I think is yeah. you know in tougher in tougher uh, conditions might be a little little more difficult and plus you got Russell Wilson able to move you know you can run the ball um you know use his feet but you're right I mean they're going to throw the ball deep uh, to DK Metcalf and you know uh, intermediate to, to lock it um so maybe it doesn't but um it should be a fun it should be a fun rest of the season between those teams and I will say with my picks it just ended up turning out this way I didn't do this intentionally at all I mean I essentially have the entire NFC West besides the Rams so that has really helped um, you know, between having Seattle and, you know, the Niners have underperformed a little bit, but they still have four wins and the Cardinals at five wins was my third, the last pick. So, uh, you know, having that really, really did help out. Maybe I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys. What is the, the one big, you know, misstep or regret that you have, um, you know, between all of your picks? Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I took the Lions a little bit higher than I probably should have. I probably should have taken Green Bay. Uh, I had the Lions in the fifth round. <laughs> But uh, what do you guys think in terms of your, you know, if you had to take one pick back, looking back on it, what, what would you say? Well, I have a team with no wins. <laughs> but that was your last pick. That's the other thing. Dan, you did not take the Panthers. And I'm going to – I can't believe – you've got to be regretting that, right? Uh, I mean, the the two-win <laughs> difference between the Jags and the Panthers, I wouldn't really have – It's the karma, though. It's the karma. Um, That's your Panthers team. So, yeah, so the 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 – the Panthers defense or the Panthers are kind of what I thought the Jaguars would be. I kind of thought that the Panthers would have, um, you know, the, the worst defense in the league because of that talent. And it kind of turns out that that's what the Jaguars have. And I think they were uh, uh, overrated the Jaguars uh, offense a little bit. And now uh, Minshew is going to be out. Um, so yeah, I probably should have taken the Panthers there. Um, but, you know, uh, I was right about the, the Giants uh, being absolutely terrible. Um, happy that did not pick them. So those were the two teams we left off were the, were the Panthers and the Giants. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, I, I just made a mistake everywhere. Not only did I take the, the Cowboys in the second, I hedged um, by taking um, the Eagles in the fifth because I figured, all right, if the Cowboys aren't going to be good, the Eagles will be. And, uh, and then the NFC East happened. <laughs> by, by the way, I think the Eagles, they're starting to get their weapons back. I was, you know, look don't, at the roster. No, now don't, that Fulgham, don't do this. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on a second. Don't do this. Wait, wait a minute. Fulgham, Fulgham is actually a legit receiver. Would you not say? I mean, he looks like a legit number two receiver in the NFL. He looked good on the Packers. They didn't yeah, want. yeah, I mean, I think he looks, I think he's solid. I mean, you, you get back Rieger. Um, you know, Ward is, you know, a slot receiver, whatever. And then you've got Goddard back. I mean, if they get Miles Sanders back, Boston Scott has played well. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying that offense has, you know, actually has some weapons now. They discovered guys, you know, with all these injuries, you discover a 
of them, right? Discover a Greg Ward at the end of last year, a uh, Boston Scott, like these guys step up and now they're going to become, you know, kind of, uh, they're not your main guys. They're, they're guys that can be your, your secondary guys. And that, that can really open up an offense. I don't know. I, I just think going forward, let's keep an eye on the Eagles. Not, not to say they're going to, they're, they're a great team. Their defense is adequate. They have a good off, a good defensive line, right? Good pass rush. I don't know. I think they can be a, um, an eight to nine win team when it's all said and done. So you never know in a bad NFC East. I yeah, like the Roto Pat tweet that uh, Carson Wentz has devolved into Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> he, he, you know, he just is so crazy. He doesn't like slide anymore. He's like, he's like just this like crazy, like hair on fire quarterback. Uh, almost like, like last year's Josh Allen in a sense too. Like it's kind of how Carson Wentz is playing. He's just all over the place. You never know what's going to happen on a play-to-play basis. He'll make like, an amazing throw, run around, take a like, terrible strip sack, uh, throw just like an awful interception. Then yeah, it's just been, it's been a wild ride with Carson Wentz this year. A guy yes. that really never turned the ball over uh, in, in, outside of his rookie year until this year. Yeah, I think I tweeted that during one of the games that you know, Carson Wentz is playing like Josh Allen without the good Josh <laughs> Allen plays. Of which, like, who would have thought that that would have been a tweet just uh, in general or an analogy to have made? But I think right now uh, Carson Wentz has um, the lowest on-target percentage from Sports Info Solutions among quarterbacks with at least 100 attempts. Um, so that's, like, not even really factoring in uh, in the receiving talent. He's just not getting the ball to guys just uh, in He's general. He's one of the worst guys with a clean pocket. He's right Yeah, now. It's, it's just yeah. Every, everything has uh, gone wrong, um, which uh, – sums up uh my draft here um but if we can look i I think we each hit kind of you know one team late um although rich kind of rich did really well and then kind of dropped off after the sixth round uh we won vikings chargers broncos jets uh but we have uh i got the rams uh in the seventh so i think just in total we were we were low on the rams but i think we were kind of high on everyone else in the nfc west um when you look at you know ta got the cardinals uh in the eighth um so so those are you know, it, you know, two teams, we just didn't totally realize that the NFC West was going to be as good as it was. I, th- I think we did, but we kind of thought they were, would cannibalize each other. Uh, but right now that hasn't been the case because they, they haven't really played each other as often. So that might come back uh, toward the end of the season. Uh, and that's, that's what we see there. I got the Dolphins uh, in the ninth. The Dolphins uh, right now, uh, we can maybe talk about them real quick. Uh, yeah. They're like one of the most fun Let's teams in the league to watch right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know the, the, the Tua debut, uh, you know, was not about Tua <laughs> at, at all. Um, but uh, the what they're doing on defense right now, the way they've kind of figured out what their coverage is, anytime the Rams were just in empty, um, they were just like, we're just going to send the blitz and make Jared Goff account for whoever that extra rusher is. And he just couldn't do it. So I think they just have a good defensive plan. They have good game plans going into everything, just every game right now. They're, they're so well prepared. They now have the talent to bring that out. I think you looked at last year, they had, you know, they had those ideas on defense. They just had you know, some of the worst talent in the league. And it was one of the worst defenses that DVOA ever recorded uh but right now they they have those same ideas and now they have the talent to be pulling that off and i think they're they're a top 10 team right now in dvoa um so i they're they're going to be a fun team to watch for the rest of the season i think well let's talk about last week's game because i'm a little bitter i had the rams it was i don't know if it was a bad call or not because um they didn't do anything on offense miami Tua was awful he had a negative um 0.45 epa per play which is actually worse than golf with all those um, interceptions. And so, I mean, they, they put up three yards per play on offense. Okay. 
let, let me just tell you, and, and they allowed uh, over five yards per play. Do you know what the record is for teams um, in the last 20 years who have done that, um, have gained three yards or less per play and have allowed five or more? They're two and 108, okay? And not only did they win, they won by double digits. I mean, think about what had to happen. The Rams were up seven. They were driving. They are in the red zone. And then Goff, you know, wasn't looking, gets sacked, and they return it 80 yards for a touchdown. Then they have a punt return for a touchdown. Um, then the Rams fumble. It gets recovered inside the one for a one-yard score. I mean, I know that it was a blowout, so you can't look at the box score. I, I totally get that. But, you know, even in the first half when the game was still, you know, still uh, close enough where, where they had to, to be aggressive, um, they couldn't move the ball. Um, it, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. I think they had 40 some odd plays. Um, I have to look it up, but, uh, 41 plays, um, what started inside their own 50, uh, and they, they gained a grand total of 101 yards. Okay. On, on 12 drives, like they did absolutely nothing. And this is without Jalen Ramsey playing. So their defense was great. I, I mean, their, their corners are incredible when, uh, Byron Jones now is healthy to go with Xavier Howard. I mean, I th- and I like their schemes. I love Brian Flores. So I'm not taking anything away from that defense. They were great. Um, I'm just looking, I'm nervous for that offense. Now you have Miles Gaskin, who's out. Uh, Matt Breida, um, who I think, you know, could have done some damage here, is questionable with a hamstring issue. He's always hurt. Uh, they're going to have to go back to Jordan Howard, who's you know, zero in the pass game. So you don't have that outlet that, you know, you could have used for a rookie quarterback like Tua on the road. Um, he's going to be, you know, as a plotter, he's going to give you three and a half yards per carry up the middle. And that's about it. Um, you know, you're going to have Patrick Peterson uh, probably shadowing Devonte Parker. So, you know, maybe this is a Mike Gusecki game. I don't know, but Tua looked terrible. He was really, really bad last week. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do cross country. I mean, I took the, the Cardinals. I, I took that five points. Um, and I just think that, you know, uh, you're, when you've got a, a quarterback like uh, Kyler Murray, who's mobile, um, you know, he can make plays even when the defenses make the right calls. So even if Flores uh, and that defense, you know, come up with good schemes, I mean, he's going to be able to make plays on, you know, with his feet. You can run the ball uh, on Miami. He's the worst run defense in the NFL, according to DVOA. I think Chase Edmonds gets, get, finally gets his look. Hopefully Kenyon Drake decides to sit out. Um, we don't need him in there. Chase Edmonds is a much better player. Uh, so I think, uh, I think this is a really tough spot for the Dolphins coming off a win where they, you know, let's be honest, they didn't really do anything uh, um, on offense to deserve, deserve that win. So let's see. I'm sure he'll improve after that first game, but uh, I want to see it first, especially on the road. Yeah, I think that's one thing where, you know, going up against, you know, Aaron Donald with that offensive line is probably, you know, not the ideal thing you want to be putting a rookie in it. And the Dolphins didn't really have to push, um, you know, to a to to be doing it too much, um, and I think they're not going to get as much of a pass rush uh, against um, uh, against the Cardinals. So we'll we'll definitely see there. I think that's that's something that's going to improve. I think he he did make some some nice throws. There, there were some you know good decisions uh, that were made. So I think that's something that's we're going to see a little bit of progress there. Um, so let's let's continue to uh, move on to uh, some of these games that are going to be happening on Sunday. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a quick break. Let's let's dive into uh, some of these games uh, on Sunday. We've already kind of talked about uh, Dolphins Cardinals, which is going to be one of the late afternoon games, and I think that's probably you know the late afternoon game to watch because uh, Steelers Cowboys was you know supposed to be a fun game, and that's just 
it's it's unwatchable right now at this point right i think if we're going maybe off, off what the uh the, the cowboys and eagles were uh last week uh raiders and chargers uh it's somewhat fun so uh what, let's dive in what what other games are you guys uh looking at on the, on the sunday slate well looking at this cheat to stay on topic of this the show here uh going back to the win totals i'm chasing two wins to ta in the middle of the season and three of our top four teams all play each other this week and they're all in good oh, games go. and good spots. So uh, all good games here. So we can kind of, I mean, I think those are three of the, the, the three marquee games on Sunday. So we can kind of talk about whichever one you guys want to talk, whether it be Ravens, Colts, Bucks, Saints, or Bill Seahawks, which I think, you know, go. for my end of the woods is the most shootout potential and the most fun because I care about them points uh, and I care yeah. about them touchdowns. I, I mean, I'm curious your guys' take on the Bills in general because no. they've kind of devolved the past month. You know, the, the 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 first month we were real excited what Brian Dayball was doing. They're using a lot of jet motion. They're throwing on, aggressively on first downs. They're using a lot more play action than Josh Allen has used his career's point. And the last month, it's really kind of devolved into just jamming as many targets into Stephon Diggs as you can possible. Um, and they're not they're not throwing as much on first down. They're not being as as aggressive. And it's really kind of you know taking. We've seen it kind of the last month. Josh Allen kind of regressed to what he was last year instead of what he was the opening month of the season. Obviously a great get-right spot against the Seattle defense, but like Dan said, it could look totally different. It's getting Jamal Adams back and Carlos Dunlap on the field. This this defense could make a turn, uh, which I don't want to see happen because I want them to just play crazy <laughs> games every week. I want to see every Seahawks game to be just absolutely insane. Even um, with a good Seattle defense, those games are going to be crazy. <laughs> It's, but it's, yeah, I mean, just talk about the Bills difference. a little bit. Uh, talk what you're talking about what you're seeing from the Bills a little bit in this offense because we were really excited the first month and kind of get back to where it was because they were a real fun team the opening month of the season and they've kind of been pretty boring the last two weeks. Yeah, it has been interesting, and I think that the John Brown injury was pretty big for for a couple games there, and that kind of took out what they were doing really well of of spreading uh, the ball out. And like you said, once you know John Brown missed a couple games, it, it was force feed to Stephon Diggs, and you know defenses were able to you know shadow over to Stephon Diggs uh, a little bit more. Um, and you look at you know Gabriel Davis uh, as much as you know we've talked about him and and we like him, but a lot of his production in the you know first part of the season was you know, as that you know fourth wide receiver uh running like screens and goes which is what you know he's really good at it's kind of all the that uh ucf offense was that, that he came from uh, and he was doing that really well so he got a slightly increased role um there and that just it, it, that took a little bit of time uh it became a big you know cole beasley show last week they they just didn't have a tight end <laughs> uh so that went to um you know, trying to uh, get the ball going a little bit. I think is it might be interesting if we see Zach Moss get the ball a little more because uh, heading into you know the game last week, they were one of they were the worst rushing offense by uh, DVOA. And I think if you see kind of, I think Zach Moss gives them a little a little more burst uh, out of that backfield. So I think they could possibly um, be going in that direction. That might help out a little bit, but Josh Allen just in general, uh, no matter what this situation has been around him, just hasn't been as good. He hasn't been uh, as good on target. hasn't been just as accurate. He hasn't uh, been making, you know, the the same good decisions uh, that he was making. And and I think all of that has kind of compounded into what we've seen the bills uh, do over over the past couple of weeks. But yeah, that first four, four weeks, 
weeks, he was just incredible. And it was this big four-game stretch that we kind of wondered if it was going to be able to continue going forward. And we've just seen uh, – I don't think Josh Allen is as bad as he was, you know, even last year. So I think even regress, Josh Allen is still fine, which is which is a positive sign. But for the Bills, with their running game that hasn't been good uh, and that defense that still just hasn't figured it out, with even with all the injuries, they're still coming back. Even when Davies White is on the field now, they just it hasn't been as good of a defense. That was a top five defense last year. It, it's a it's a bottom ten defense this year. Um, so uh, all of those things have compounded together uh, for for what the Bills have been. Um, but uh, yeah, even even regress Josh Allen is still fine. But the way the Bills are structured right now. They needed great Josh Allen to be that Bills team they were over the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, and you know maybe this is the real Josh Allen. <laughs> we're seeing the first four weeks was, you know, kind of post. You know, no one saw the you know the the four wide uh, spread the field, you know, run vertical. Like maybe no one no one realized that's what they were going to do, and Cutler was caught off guard, and, and the league is catching up. I don't know. Um, I haven't you know studied his accuracy by any by any stretch, but as you mentioned, the first four weeks, I mean, he was number two in the NFL in EPA per dropback in the last um, five weeks. He's number twenty in the NFL. MVP Josh Allen uh, talk. What's that? I said we had the MVP Josh Allen talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because I've been shout out Evan Siva. <laughs> well, I've been so anti Josh Allen, you know, ever since he was in the same draft as Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, you know, and I guess all of Twitter was against Josh Allen, right, during uh, that draft period, and we were all looking really stupid, um, you know, early the season. But yeah, he's, he's cooled off a lot. I think he's somewhere in between. He's probably at the end of the day, middle of the road NFL quarterback. You know, especially when he can use his feet so well um, and make some of these spectacular throws. But in general, yeah, I mean, the first four weeks he was he's completing seventy one percent of his passes, nine point one yards per attempt, twelve touchdowns, only one interception. Last four games. 63% of his passes, six and a half yards per attempt, four touchdowns, five interceptions. And he's done this against two of the bottom eight uh, DVOA defenses in the NFL. It's not like he's, I mean, he had the Jets in, in one of those games. Um, so it's not like he's really, you know, had to play a tough schedule. He just played the, the Patriots without uh, Stephon Gilmore. So, you know, uh, and I, I'll just say I'm on Seattle. This is the number one play for me of the week. It's the first bet I made. I couldn't believe this line was under three. You're talking to someone who fades, uh, Seattle a lot because I think they're overvalued but you look you know Buffalo um, and again I'll have this in, in in the article today you look at the point differential and kind of the Pythagorean uh, win expectation for for these teams midway through season I mean Buffalo's window uh, point differential is minus one and they're six and two I mean that's that's a sign of a four and four team um, and then when you look you know they've faced a really easy schedule right so um, you know to to enable to you know, to underperform by almost two wins and you're going up against um, a pretty, not, not one of the easiest schedule. They were 18th ranked schedule. Um, it was football outsiders, third um, easiest strength of schedule. Um, and going forward, they actually have the six toughest DVOA schedule going forward. So, you know, I wouldn't, um, you know, cash any of those uh, AFC East uh, division championship tickets yet, if you have one, because they face a, you know, much tougher schedule. Um, and they've really underperformed here. Uh, but I think Seattle, you know, you've talked about this. And I'll give you credit, Rich. You've really um, hit this for the last uh, couple of years in terms of Seattle going west or from west to east at 1 p.m. means nothing. You know, might might be an issue for some other teams, but not Seattle. I mean, since 
and I'm, I'm stealing this directly from your article. So uh, I apologize. I'll give you all the, all the credit, no, but since sorry. drafting, yeah, since drafting Russell Wilson in 2012, um, he's posted a 22 and nine and two against the spread record playing in the Eastern time zone, 71%. And he's won t- 10 straight, uh, straight up eight, one and one against the spread in, in their last 10. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't yeah, both this year too, Dolphins yeah. and uh, Falcons. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like people continually fade that. You know, uh, the uh, the one p.m. East Coast. Oh, that's an issue. But you know, if you, if you look into it for whatever reason, I don't know if that that's that's um, baked into the to the lines here. That's why it's you know you maybe you get an extra point of value when you take Seattle uh, in this. Spot. Now, when you have a trend like that from your neck of the woods, because you're not a trend guy or anything, and you know, I just like to bring up cool data points or something just that you know moves the conversation but uh when you see a trend like that like you know obviously seattle going in 2013 to the east coast doesn't pertain to anything you know to this game but like when you see something like that does it say like yeah at least like from a pete carroll russell wilson stance like they're prepared and like, like yeah. something like that at least has to give some kind of inclination that uh at least they're not you know half-assed in these games yeah clearly i mean i think it, you know you don't bet strictly because of that right to me it's right. I, I, it would maybe if it was a complete opposite where, you know, Seattle's been a good team for a number of years, but you know, when they play East, the, you know, let's say they're one, eight and eight, you know, maybe the, the, the sample size a little bit bigger, you know, maybe they're nine and 22 if you flipped it. Right. And it, maybe that says something about, you know, this, you know, uh, Pete Carroll just doesn't like traveling. He doesn't prepare his team. Well, um, you look at John Gruden, he is, he has openly talked for a number of years about how he hates travel. He hates flying in general. Um, but especially flying long distance. So his teams historically, um, or at least the last couple of years with the Raiders, have really, really struggled uh, going out east uh, at 1 p.m. I mean, last week kind of doesn't count the weather. I think it was a great neutralizer in Cleveland. But, you know, you see, you see some of those types of trends, and it just makes you wary one way or the other um, to me. It's just kind of a, a tiebreaker uh, if, if you're considering that side. But I think what happens is, you know, in general, we've heard so much for the last handful of years about um, west to east. And I think you get like, you know, a point of value because the odds makers bake that into the line. You know, once you start seeing a trend so often, um, it gets baked in the line. And so you get some value the other way. So um, I, I think from that perspective, you know, that doesn't doesn't scare me at all. The weather should be OK. Right. I, I mean, I don't think we're getting any major wins this week um, like we did last week. And um, I just think, you know, you've got Seattle's the, the, the third best offense in the NFL. Um, Bill's defense um, has faced three top eight DVOA offenses, passing offenses this year. Uh, they've allowed 30 points per game uh, in those games. Uh, quarterbacks are uh, completing 76% of their passes for seven and a half yards per attempt, seven touchdowns and no interceptions in those games. So he'll definitely have success there, I think, against this defense. You know, you've got the number two ranked uh, early down success rate offense against the 28th ranked early down success rate defense in Buffalo. And we know um, how important early down success is just in general to predicting games. It's, it's very, um, very predictive from that standpoint. So you've got a great matchup there. I just don't think um, this line should be under, uh, you know, three and a half, to be honest with you. Um, if you can get two and a half grade, I think this is a good spot. Um, you know, I'm not really, uh, concerned about uh, the Seattle defense. You're getting Jamal Adams back. You're getting Carlos Dunlap. He's at least adequate. You know, they played pretty well. I thought last week they put some pressure on, on San Francisco uh, with Garoppolo early on, you know, again, as Dan mentioned earlier, uh, in terms of the NFC, you don't need Seattle to be a great defense. You just need them to be adequate, right? Just good enough to get some stops and get off the field. 
uh, and get that, uh, you know, that great offense on the field. And, you know, what's interesting is Seattle is 28th in the NFL in third down success. Like, I don't know where that came from, you know, with a team with, with Russell Wilson and, and the ability to make plays with his legs, that should regress positively too. Like to have a disconnect where you're, you're third or you're two in the NFL in, in early down success offense, but 28th, uh, in third downs doesn't make much sense. I think that's just kind of a random, uh, you know, um, random number and random stat that will regress positively in their favor. So um, we'll see if it happens here, but uh, I love Seattle this week. All right. So let's move on to one of those uh, other games we were talking about. Let's, let's go to Ravens and Colts. Cause I think that's a super interesting game between two teams that are among the, the top in the AFC uh, right now. Colts are home. The Ravens have not really been able to, do as much as we kind of thought they would, but you know they still have a, a really good defense. That run game has still been great uh, against you know Pittsburgh. That hasn't allowed anyone to run the ball. Baltimore was still able to do that. Uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of able to do was you know shut down the some of the you know zone read uh, type of things. You saw there was one play where T.J. Watt was just in the backfield so quickly he came off the running back and was able to get to Lamar Jackson um, just like w- within you know half a second. And I just think I don't think a lot of teams are going to be able to do that, especially uh, the Colts. When you look at the Colts' defense, they're they're not a team that's going to be blitzing often, and I think that's is something the Ravens have kind of struggled with a little bit. Was Baltimore just doesn't really have like that hot route guy, um, especially uh, when Lamar Jackson is is an empty, which uh, they've been doing a lot of this year. So I think that that's part of where some of those passing struggles have come from. Uh, but that Colts defense, uh, we kind of we were talking about it in the beginning of the season. They were first in DVOA for a while. They're not there anymore, um, but they've still been really good. They're still like a, a top five defense. They, they haven't been as reliant on the takeaways. And we thought that might regress, you know, what they've been able to do, but they've still been a really solid defense, even as those takeaways haven't happened as often. So I think that's, that's a real positive sign. We're seeing, you know, Philip Rivers on the other side of the ball. He's back to being Philip Rivers after we had like a week of the Indianapolis beat trying to bench him for Jacoby Brissett. Um, that that was always just uh, that was a real strange week. Um, but you know, Philip Rivers is back. He's like a top ten EPA over the past couple of weeks, thrown six touchdown passes, uh, three in the past. Uh, each of the past two games. Um, so I think this is just a super interesting uh, game between uh, two of what could be, you know, the, the top teams in the AFC right now. Yeah, I mean, the Colts uh, are kind of in that Browns territory or kind of even Packers territory. Probably not a step above the Packers because at least they've done it for multiple years. But we need this. This is a big game for the Colts because we also need to see them punch up uh, as well. You know, I mean, beating the Lions, the Bengals, the Bears, the Jets, the Vikings, that's all great. And that's like the reason, like T.A. said, one of the reasons he chose them uh, was because of that great schedule. But, you know, they've they lost to the Browns, the one other team that we kind of consider, because I don't really count the Bears uh, as like being an, an actual playoff team. Um, and they were, were handled in that game. The Ravens probably should have just outright won that game last week. They don't have four turnovers. But oh. They almost had 500 yards of offense in that game against the Steelers' defense. The Steelers had no answer for that run game. It was just the four turnovers. Lamar opens the game with a pick six, fumbles deep in on a fourth down play anyways. I guess it would have been a turnover either way you slice it. Turnover on downs or turnover because the lost fumble. Yeah, he was stopped short um, too. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have made it. Uh, but, yeah, the four turnovers uh, is going to do you in a lot of weeks. They also had nine penalties, 110 penalty yards to just 30 penalty yards to the Steelers. Everything that could go wrong, 
uh, for the Ravens did, except for their, their offense went on as, as planned, except for the, those, those miscues. There's just mistakes. They beat themselves in a sense. Uh, and the Steelers keep winning these games where they kind of meander through offensively. Uh, we'll be curious to see when that, when that finally comes back around on them. But I think this is a spot where the Ravens were getting Lamar's only played two games ever and like non outdoors. So, I mean, it's kind of fun. We get him on maybe a faster track, uh, which is kind of fun. So, I mean, uh, I'm excited to see what that offense looks like. They have speed everywhere if it can get going. It's just Lamar's deep ball has not been there at all. It's downfield passing is way down from a year ago, especially to Hollywood, who's kind of, you know, been vocal about it this week, and they want a squeaky wheel narrative of that situation. But they finally got J.K. Dobbins the football. I don't know if it was, you know, planned out of the bye or it was just necessity, but we see the electricity that J.K. Dobbins has Mm -hmm. that offense, and we see the marriage of that scheme and his skill set because this is a guy in college who led all collegiate prospects and runs out of shotgun and rpl runs and you see what he can do last week they ran just pure straight option plays speed option plays to him where he's ripping you know 20 yards and making people miss so i'm excited to see that offense actually on a fast track because the ravens don't get an opportunity to play on a fast track almost ever yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all what you said. Um, I was on the Colts last week um, against Detroit. They, they mm-hmm. you know, bullied them. And that, that's where the Colts, I think, especially when you get Darius Leonard back, I mean, he makes so much difference on that defense. Um, when you have a kind of a bully ball uh, type of situation against a Lions team, you can do that. I don't know if they'll be able to do that against the Ravens. Um, I don't know what to make of this game because of the COVID situation. I mean, Marlon Humphrey's out. Uh, I think like there are like eight guys on defense. They might have any out. linebackers, like no yeah. linebackers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm not going to touch this game. I and mean, the line is all the way down to two and a half, um, you know. Uh, so it'll be uh, – And Ronnie Stanley be, is out. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley's out. I don't know what to do with this game. So I'm, I'm not going to – I'm just going to stay away. Um, I will say last week, <laughs> again, I was on the Ravens. It's just so frustrating when you look at some of these box scores. I mean, they ran for 265 yards on 47 carries. So uh, in the last 30 years, there have been 210 teams that have rushed for at least 250 yards in a game, which, by the way, sound, that was much higher than I thought I would find. Um, but 250 yards in a game, there's 210 teams that have done it. Um, those uh, out of 210 teams, 192 have won straight up, 91.4%. Okay. So you're talking about um, uh, a team losing that you know, has less than a 10% chance typically. Um, and it's a good team like the Ravens. I mean, you don't expect to lose that game. But, yeah, it's all turnovers, you know, four to one, and you get um, you get a pick six. It's it's going to really hurt you. I mean, Pittsburgh did nothing on offense to really um, – I mean, they did convert, I will say, in the red zone. But outside of that, they didn't do much. That was clearly – you play that game ten times. I think the Ravens win and cover probably, you know, eight to nine times. So it's, this is how it goes. Uh, this could be one of those weeks where everyone's kind of down on the Ravens and um, they come out and just, you know, blast the Colts uh, because we see that sometimes, you know, after the, the Chiefs game, you know, people were betting on Cincinnati to keep it close against uh, against the Ravens and they got, you know, they got shut out, I think. Or maybe they kicked the field goal at the end to lose like 27 to three, whatever it was. But you, you might see something like that. I just, the problem is I, I would normally back the Ravens here. I just, you know, with those, the, the COVID situation, I'm just staying away because I have no idea who's actually going to play. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, without Ronnie Stanley too, uh, the uh, the Colts might be able to get some pressure on Lamar. So 
um, yeah, I'll look out for uh, for that offense. I want my guy J.K. from Ohio State to uh, to blow up. I have him in every single fantasy league, and he's just I have starting him, you know, early in the season, just expecting, you know, even if he got eight to ten carries in a flex spot, you know, he was breaking off such big runs, and I thought maybe he can get some goal line carries, and um, you know, finally he got his shot last week, and you know he made the most of it. So we'll see how he does going forward. Yeah, I wanted to bet that 49ers game in the same like blind spot too, but with all the COVID stuff, you just can't. I mean, it just ruins it's ruined so much of these like not just chasing trends, but you know, like the Packers have been so bad going out west and no team has ever won on Thursday night football traveling two time zones west uh in the history of since they brought Thursday night football back in 2006. Uh, we'll see if COVID puts that to the test with this team the 49ers are fielding tonight. Uh but well, I don't want to talk about that game because we're you know everyone will listen to this afterwards. But yeah, I'm excited you know that Raven I would be all over the Ravens in this pop, but like you said. Yeah. We just don't know. We just don't know with all the, the, the impact that this is having now on the season um, and, and the amount of injuries the Ravens are starting to stack outside of COVID too, uh, the impact it's going to have on that game. Yeah, and I think this is you know, something we talked about before the season with how everything was going to shape up with you know the – the shortened training camps and, and everything. I don't know if that's still, you know, impacting how teams are playing, but we figured the teams with depth were going to be the ones who would survive um, this, uh, this type of season. And I think we're seeing that with, you know, the team, the 49ers are going to run out tonight. Uh, we would have figured the, the 49ers were one of those teams with depth, but you know, when all of that is gone, when you combine injuries, <laughs> And everything else. And I think we're, we're going to continue to see that because we're, we're only halfway through. So I think that's might be something that's going to continue throughout the season. And I think we're, we're not only we're talking about the, the 49ers, I think we're talking about, you know, the, the Ravens for this group, even though, you know, the, the big group of those players were only considered close contact. So they might be okay to play on Sunday. I think that's the same thing with, you know, we're seeing that with Matthew Stafford and, and, and the lions. I think as we were talking, the, the Texans had to shut down their facility uh, today. I think the Colts had a, a staff member. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot of this um, uh, pop up. And I think we, we will, it's just, it is going to be just a lot of uh, unknown uh, throughout uh, the rest of the season. Um, so let's, do we want to, you guys want to try to hit one more game? Um, oh, with, uh, on, on TA on his way out here, cause he's got a hard window. Uh, TA, I want to get your take real fast. You just drop it in two minutes. I think that this, uh, the saints line is way off. I don't understand how the saints are. It, it has gone down a little bit, but this thing opened up. I know people are hot on the bucks from a betting stance, but saints getting no respect here in this game. Yeah, I agree. I actually thought this line would be three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it opened, it got up to five and a half as of yesterday. I actually just took before this podcast, I did take, um, did take the Saints at four and a half. I thought it was too many, too many points. And I didn't really, I was trying to figure out, I, you know, sometimes when you see a line that doesn't totally make sense, you kind of dig and see what am I missing, right? To see if there's anything going on. Couldn't really find anything. I know Godwin may or may not play. I don't know. I mean, are people betting because of Antonio Brown? I, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I know the Saints are not the same team they, they were, um, you know, in the past, but, um, you know, they're still a really solid team and, um, you know, they can still put up, you know, enough points to, to cover here. I mean, when's the last time the this uh, Saints team with, you know, Breeze and Kamara and, and all those guys were getting, um, more than a field goal, um, you know, uh, in the point spread. I, I can't think of anything offhand. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm stepping into a trap here <laughs> with uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, with the Saints, but I just think it's too many points. I mean, I like Tampa, obviously, um, in general, but, you know, they're not the best team when it comes to covering some of these um, games. We've seen it on Monday, yeah. And we've seen it against the Bears, and we've seen it on Monday against the Giants. Now, those were two games maybe they're overlooking the opponent in a sense, but uh, they have not been a a perfect, pristine, you know, team either for as much as they've gotten run here. And I'm I'm with you on the – the Saints uh, just kind of being one of these teams that could make a, a surge and be better if they get anything defensively this back half of the season. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be a fun game though. Hopefully, and they're they're getting Emmanuel Sanders back, right? Is mm-hmm. it, he's and then you get Callaway for whatever. So I mean, so you're getting some depth. Well, Michael Thomas looks like he may actually actually might play actually play. <laughs> I'm not sure. I want to see. I can't. I have to see it to believe it, which is crazy. I mean, look, Michael Thomas has been ever since at Ohio State. He has been a a great guy from all accounts. A great leader. So, and maybe look, he, he swung and hit the, what's a uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, whatever his name is. We saw what happened last week with, with Mims in Chicago. The guy clearly gets on people's nerves. So maybe Michael <laughs> Thomas gets a pass at this point. So I don't know what it is, but even, even without him, I mean, at least you're getting Sanders back. You're getting a professional receiver back um, and you're getting uh, Callaway back who, who at least you know, showed some flashes two weeks ago. So you've got enough receivers. I mean, I don't, I was joking when all those guys went down last week and when Sanders was announced out, I said, Oh, Taysom Hill's your new slot slot receiver as a joke and then he catches like a 20 yard slant for a touchdown I think it was out of the slot and I couldn't believe it but you know hopefully we don't see that anymore um but uh but yeah I, I think it's gonna be a great game it's, it's probably one of the better matchups of the week so um you know I think you're right four and a half points um is too many points here and again so I got it, it the last good. time that they were with Breeze getting more than a field goal was 2017 week three at Carolina and they won 34 13 yeah there you go I mean it's <laughs> uh, this is a rare spot so um you know we'll see what happens maybe there's some injuries you know that we don't uh, we haven't heard about yet I'm not sure but uh yeah I, I agree with you I would take uh would take the Saints here yeah it's such an interesting thing because the Saints are just it's you're waiting for that talent on defense to do anything and it just it hasn't <laughs> um but I think we've kind of seen this with with the Saints um you know, over the past couple of years, they kind of always start slow and then they're a, a top 10 DVOA defense by the end of the season. Now, I'm not totally sure if that's uh, going to be what happens this year, but, you know, you see you know, Marshawn Lattimore just, he, he hasn't been good. He's been one of the worst cornerbacks mm-hmm. uh, 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 by, by basically any coverage metric. Uh, you have Janoris Jenkins actually has been good, uh, but he uh, likes to commit uh, defensive pass interference uh, about once every five times you throw at him. So uh, that opens up uh, the good coverage he does have. Um, and I think you just see the, the safeties haven't been as good. I When you you know go back to, there's been talk of you know, some blown coverage, but I think teams were just kind of figuring out how to go against them. You know, that the Carolina game, that uh, long um touchdown play uh they gave up to uh i think it was dj moore it was either dj moore or Curtis samuel um but it it was you know two guys diverging on the safety um and whatever decision the safety made the other guy was going to be open for a touchdown so it didn't really matter so i think that those are some problems uh that you're seeing there so uh we'll see it but with the saints offense if Michael Thomas is back, that makes a huge difference. I wrote about this, you know, earlier in the season, uh, especially, you know, with Drew Brees, when he can't really push the ball down the field as much as he, you know, used to be able to. But the reason the Saints offense has been able to be good is because Michael Thomas has like an 80% success rate on, you know, making those short, 
a short route successful. I mean, or when, when you're throwing a slant that's going to, you know, have positive EPA about, you know, 75% of the time, that's not likely. The, you know, the league average on that is, is about, you know, 55%. Uh, so when you're that good in the short area of the field, you don't have to throw deep. And that's just, that's that element that uh, the Saints have been missing, although Alvin Kamara has kind of played in, but he's still on the success rate, you know, been just more league, league average. Right. Yeah, I mean, how many times have they thrown like a third and fourteen, like four yard pass to him that they convert? It's been insane this year. Like, <laughs> right there, there have been there have been the splash plays like that, which which are absolutely insane. He'll make you know nine guys miss uh, on a play, but you know they last year they weren't getting into those third and fourteens uh, because they mm-hmm. were able to just get the ball or rolling. They were able to you know just have continued success uh, on everything and they weren't having those negative plays but now that they had to kind of try to figure out how to you know scheme some success uh, that that hasn't worked out so I just I continue to think Michael Thomas is is going to be a a huge piece if he's healthy if he plays who knows we've we've been in this position before where it looked like on on a Thursday Friday Michael Thomas was going to play and then we get word on like a a Saturday that he's out Um, so so we'll see, but I think that's going to be super interesting. And for, you know, as much as we, you know, said that earlier in the show of Tampa Bay, probably the best team in the NFC right now, but if they lose to New Orleans, um, that completely shifts the dynamic here. And I think Tampa Bay without a bye at the end of the season um, is a completely different team uh, than Tampa having to, you know, play, you know, three or three games uh, in the playoffs um, eventually. And, and we'll see uh, how that goes. Cause I think that that complete dynamic just shifts there. Cause you know, um, uh, the, the saints will be uh, even in wins. Uh, they'll, though, I believe they'll have the, the tiebreaker. So they'll I two and oh. yeah, this, this will <laughs> if be, they pull it out. Right. So th- this will be huge. So as well as Tampa has played, if New Orleans wins in this game, that, that's a huge shift uh, in the NFC South and just in the NFC in general. So I think that's that's a really interesting game uh, to watch. And I'm glad that's the Sunday night game that we actually have a good Sunday night game uh, to watch because, whew, boy, last week. Um, but we had a good one two weeks ago, too. So we can't throw them all under the bus. And we had card Seahawks. It was a great game. That wasn't even supposed to be the, the Sunday Oh, that's night. right. Oh, you were totally right, man. I take it all back. It wasn't even supposed to be the game. You're right. Like, that was my big takeaway. That, was, that game was going to be buried at like four o'clock. Ah, you're right. I told you. Yeah, you're right, man. Uh, so, so at least we, ha- we have a good scheduled uh, uh, Sunday night game. Um, I'm going to say that the highlight of my week right now was when uh, Rich sent over sent over uh, his worksheets uh, for editing uh, the disdain um, in his email when he sent over uh, Patriots and Jets um, as the Monday night game. Uh, uh, but uh, at least we, we do have some interesting games. Uh, like we'll said, all be seeing ghosts that night. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's just uh, not, e- not even worth talking about. But yeah, like you said, no, Dolphins Cardinals uh, going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Steelers Cowboys uh, just going to probably be a, a complete massacre. Um, so we'll see. But you know, fun games on this slate. Um, you know, we're going to you know continue. Ta uh, said he's going to have uh, his betting article coming up. The worksheet is up on Sharp Football Analysis. You can read all of that. The most in depth um, breakdowns you're going to see of every game on the slate, even. Uh, Patriots and Jets. 
Um, uh, remember, there is a 25% off code for sharpfootballanalysis.com for uh, the fantasy uh, subscriptions, for the betting subscriptions, all of those things. You, you can find that sharp. 25 uh, is the code. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find TA on Twitter at Cleave TA. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.